Right. Happy New Year to you all. It kind of feels like we're already in Feb, doesn't it? It feels like it's already gone quite far. But I wonder this morning, how many of you here bravely made New Year's resolutions? Give me a wave if you made some resolutions. One, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, there's a few here that made New Year's resolutions. How many people are still doing their New Year's resolutions? Abhishek's hand has not gone back up. <laughs> okay, there's a handful of you. Good, good. Uh, so obviously there is that, it's that time of year, isn't it, where... At the, the beginning of a new year, no matter what's happened before, we kind of take stock. But I think there is ultimately a problem with New Year's resolutions. Because no matter how much you can do it, generally, the, the, whatever happens in New Year's resolutions, generally, they, they kind of, we tend to do them in our own strength. Or we set too many or too big a goal that actually it's so hard for us to attain it, to even let, let alone sustain it throughout the coming month. They actually say that 18 to 20% of people that make New Year's resolutions actually can make it more than one month. So if you've made a New Year's resolution, I'm sorry for you, but uh, the stats are kind of against you. I read a really interesting quote the other day, um, and it said, I've decided to restart 2023 on February 1st. Um, So obviously they've not done very well uh, five days into 2023, and they're already starting to rethink about restarting it. And so I just, I mean, but it's, it's definitely a time to turn a new leaf. It's time to take stock of what's happened and a time to look ahead at what comes before us. And I, I, whether you believe in news resolutions or not, I believe it's a time for us to, to think about the year ahead and how we can become more like Christ. No matter what's happened in the past, it is our goal to be transformed. It is our goal for spiritual formation to become in the likeness and the image of Christ with every passing day. Ephesians 4 uh, verse 11 to 18, but I'm just going to read verse 13 says, until we come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ that we will no longer be immature like children. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. Isn't that our goal in our lives, is that actually every single day we make one step closer and we become one more more step more like Jesus on an everyday basis. When I was doing my devotionals, um, I was, I've kind of got some that come to my email and various different ones. And this one on the 1st of January stood out to me. And the title was, Just One Word Will Change Your Life. I was like, delete. Bah. I mean, come on, just one word. Isn't that, how often does one word change your life? But as I began to read the devotional, I, I read the, the passage and it was this one. So teach us to number our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. You know, in our lives, we must number our days. We must take account of all that has happened. It's so easy to kind of forget and and to try and move on from, from the past and what's happened last year, whether it's been a good year or a bad year. 
But actually, God is telling us that we must number our days. We must not forget how short our life is in the span of eternity. We must remember that our life on this earth is so precious. And actually, every moment counts. As James 4 says, our life is just a mist. And it can vanish in such a short time. We must learn to number our days. Our times are inevitably in his hand. And as I read on in the daily devotional, it asked that question. What's your one word for 2023? And I was thinking, one word? Jesus? I mean, what other one word can you have? Like, there's, Surely there are many words that are going to happen in this, in this year of 2023. But that's actually as I began to ponder it and as I began to study the idea of what's your one word for 2023, that's what I've titled this sermon, Just One Word. You know, each and every one of us need new vision. We need new, uh, uh, something new to keep us going, but not necessarily new, but something that's going to keep us grounded for the year ahead. It says in Proverbs 29, verse 18, Where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. But blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instructions. I love the NLT when it says, When people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. How true is that? When we don't have vision, when we don't have fresh revelation from God, our ways can go left, right, and all over the place because we don't actually have a goal to work towards. We don't have a, a goal to step forward into day after day. And on the 29th of Jan, as elders, we're going to bring the vision for what we believe God has said to us as a church this year. And that's the, the vision for the church. But my question to us today is, what is your vision for your year, 2023? What is God saying to you for this year that will keep you grounded, keep you going, and keep you focused in this time? You know, in the world, we are surrounded by so many words that try and vie for our attention. So many things are trying to speak into our lives, are trying to give us opinions, are trying to overwhelm us with different, uh, I mean, just likes and things on social media that are just bombarding us day after day. There are so many voices that are trying to speak into our lives, trying to get our attention. And I read a, a very sad quote But I think it sums up where we are in the world today. It says this, if you could change my life with only one word, what would that word be? You. There is nothing more powerful in your life than you. Nothing who, uh, knowing who you are and being proud of that is the biggest part of having the best life. Your life is dependent on how you see things, how you treat others, how you spend it. To change your life, you only need you. And although you entirely couldn't ever be contained in three letters, one syllable collection of sounds, it's the one word that has a bit of chance in in capturing your being. How sad is that? That actually, in in our society today, it's all become about me. It's become about you. It's become about what's best for you. But actually, that's not what God is saying to us today. God is saying to you, I have a plan and a purpose for you. Not your plan, but I have a plan and a purpose, a good and perfect plan to prosper you and to make you more like me. And that is what God wants to do us through his word. He wants to transform us, as it says in Romans 12, verse 2, to be transformed by the renewal of your mind so that we may know his will, his good 
and pleasing and perfect will. There are so many passages throughout the Bible where we see there is a focus on a one thing. And it's not on me, it's not on me, it's not on you, but it's on that one thing that God has said to each and every one of us. I wonder today, what is God saying to you? It's so important for us to focus in this year ahead. I don't know what year you've had this last year. I don't know how tough it's been. Some of you, you've had really, 2022, you just want to actually erase from your calendar. Because it's been one of those years which just nothing seems to be going right. But I believe that God has something greater in store for 2023 for each and every one of us. Because he wants to transform us and he wants to renew us. He wants to make us into his image day by day. And that's what I believe we are challenged to do is to focus on one thing. For just this, throughout this whole year, don't make New Year's resolution. Well, for those that have, carry on with your New Year's resolution and we'll see how far you get. But um, let's maybe this year, instead of making New Year's resolutions, let's focus on the one thing that God has in store for us. Because actually we may be able to attain it and apply it to our lives. I want you to turn to your neighbor and tell them just one word. Just tell, tell your neighbor just one word. Just one word. You know, words have incredible power, don't they? Words have phenomenal power. If, if, you're, a, if you're a patient and you're waiting for that word from the doctor, whether it's positive or negative, that word can bring a lot of change into your life. Maybe you're, you're a boyfriend who's on his knees and you're waiting for that one word, yes or no, and that will definitely change your life for eternity. Maybe you're a married couple and you're waiting for that one word, approved or denied from the bank, so that you can change your living life. There is so much power in the word. And we see that in the beginning was the word and the word was God. And it is the word of God that flung the stars into space, that that made heavens and earth, that, that gave us the very breath that we breathe. It was the very word of God that gave us what we need for our daily basis. And I love the story in Matthew 8, and I'm not going to dwell on it, but if you get time to read it, it's the story of Jesus and the faith of the centurion. And this centurion, he comes and he approaches Jesus, and he says, uh, he says, Lord, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. And Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? And I love the centurion's response. He says, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word, and my servant will be healed. He had the faith to understand that it doesn't matter what's happening in our lives. Jesus just needs to say one word into our lives. He needs to speak into our situations, and actually, that is when change will begin to happen. We don't need to have all the answers. We just need to have a fresh revelation of what God is saying to us today. So I'm going to go very quickly. I'm just doing three very quick points. The first one is seek. 
in order enable for us to be able to know what that one word is for this year. You know, it's so easy to drift away from that one word or to kind of have uh, so many words, you know, in the busyness of life. We're like, I don't know if I can have just one word. But I believe that there are three things that we can do to actually really solidify what God wants to say to us this year. The first one is seek, and it says in Matthew 6, verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. The definition of seek first actually means seeking in order to find, to aim at, or to strive after. It also means to look for, go after, to search for. To seek in order to find. God longs for us to seek him. He longs for us to seek him first because actually God is not like uh, someone who's trying to hide. He's actually there. He's waiting for us and he's, he's longing for us to seek after him. He's not hiding. And you know, it, when I was thinking about this idea of seeking first the kingdom of God and thinking about how when we first seek God, God is never, wait, not, never hiding away from us. He's there ready with open arms. Just as we read in the prodigal son, where the, where the son runs back to his father and his father is there with open arms. And it made me think of a game that I, I, we, I often play with, with Olivia and Joshua, um, hide and seek. And it's, it's, it's just like, you know the classic game, you send them to hide and then, and, and then you try and seek them. But they don't quite fully understand the concept of hide and seek. They're not quite at their age. And so I love it because I, I, I say, right, Olivia, we're going to play hide and seek. She's like, yes, I love hide and seek. And so we kind of, I start counting. I'm like, all right, Olivia, you go and hide. I'm like, one, two, three. I can see her. She's still in my area. Four, five. She's actually hidden, but then she started coming back. Six, seven, eight. I open my eyes at 10 and she's right there. I'm like, you've not got this idea, have you? But she wants to be found. And so I'm like, yay, I found you. But she's lost the idea of actually what it means to hide and seek. But actually, sometimes I think we think that God is hiding from us. Sometimes I think we think he's so distant that he doesn't want to be found. But actually, I believe that God is just like Olivia in some ways. He's like, I'm right here in front of you. I'm not hiding. I'm right here. Seek me and you will find me. Seek me and you will find me. And I believe someone here this morning needs to hear that. Actually, you feel like you've been seeking God and you haven't found him. But I believe that actually he is right there with you. Whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing. Just like Olivia or just like Joshua, he's waiting there saying, I'm here, I'm here. And he's here with open arms. And so we, in order to, to seek what God has for us this year, we must learn to, to seek first the kingdom of God. Because when we seek first the kingdom of God, everything else, as it says in that passage, shall be added unto us. Sometimes we can say we're so busy, we don't have time to focus on one thing. So many times we can say, oh, I'm juggling too many plates. That's a phrase we like to say in the UK, isn't it? I feel like I'm juggling too many plates, or I'm doing too many things, or I'm so busy that I don't have time to focus on one thing. But actually, in focusing on one thing, on what God says to you this year, all your other priorities that you feel might be more important fall into place. Because when we keep the one thing, the one thing, everything else finds its place. C.S. Lewis said this. He said, when first things are put first, second things are not suppressed, but increased. 
when we get the first thing first, when we get that word that God has for us this year, then we know that actually other things are not laid to side, but actually they will increase and God will make them happen in his good time. It helps us to focus, to stay determined. And, you know, one of the things we've been talking about in in elders is actually what are the spiritual disciplines that we feel that God is calling us as a people to put into place. Because actually spiritual formation, becoming like Christ, it, it, it takes focus. It takes us to say, I need to focus on the one thing. And maybe learn to eliminate other things and trust that God will have them in hand. Howard Hendricks says, the secret to concentration is elimination. The secret to concentration is elimination. I wonder this morning, what do you need to eliminate so that you can concentrate? What in your life do you need to eliminate so that you can concentrate on that one thing that God has set before you this year to make you more like him, and more for his glory. It's just like the, the, a telescope focusing in on one thing. It helps narrow our attention. It helps to keep us focused. And as we focus on that one thing, as we seek first the kingdom of God, everything else falls into, uh, falls apart, falls away, because actually we realize that God is our focus. And worship and thanksgiving will overflow. When we seek first the kingdom, we know that we are able to, as it says in 1 Thessalonians 5, it says, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You know, when we hear from God and we have a fresh revelation of what he has in store for us. When we, we submit ourselves and we seek first his kingdom, when we get the first thing first, no matter what we face, no matter what we go through, no matter how hard it is, we learn to give thanks in all circumstances. And that's not easy. I'm not saying that's something you wake up and you do it tomorrow. If you're having a bad day, you're going to be, oh, I'm joyful every morning. That's not easy. But when we focus on the one thing, out of that, the abundance of the heart will flow thanksgiving to God. That even if 22 was a bad year, that we'll learn to thank him for what was good. Learn to thank him for the lessons we learned. Learn to thank him for the trials that we've come through. Learn to thank him for the joys that we've experienced, the victories we've won, and maybe the lessons we've we've had to face. So how do we seek God? Well, there are so many ways to seek God. And I, I, I don't want to teach you to, to suck an egg, but there are so many ways to, 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 to seek God, isn't there? I mean, whatever works, I think, for each and every one of us. Some of us love the still, small, quiet time when we need to isolate ourselves and we need to spend time in prayer and reading his word. One of the main things I would encourage you to do is turn off your notifications on your phone. Because there are so many things that are vying for our attention. We need to learn to remove distractions. To go maybe for a walk. Maybe we need to go to nature. Listen to sermons or to worship music. However we connect to God to receive this January before the year gets too busy. Maybe it is already busy for you. But make sure as part of your spiritual 
formation, spiritual transformation that you are seeking first his kingdom so that everything else will be added unto you. Maybe this year, the beginning of the year, you need to ask yourself and ask God, where, God, are you at work right now? Where, God, are you at work in my life right now? What are the areas of my life that the Holy Spirit is wanting to nudge and transform? What character traits, God, do you need to transform in me to make me more like you? Whatever it is, we must learn to seek God and to listen. Because Jeremiah 33 gives us this promise that it says, Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. As we seek God first, he's promised that he will tell us great and unsearchable things that we do not know this morning. May we be a people like Samuel, who, although he didn't say yes, Lord, straight away, on the, after, after being pointed in the right direction by Eli, he said, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. This new year, is that our prayer? Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Speak to me for this 2023. Speak to me for this new year. Speak to me that I may have a word for this season that I can hold on to. When times are good, I can rejoice in that word. When times are hard, I can hold on to that word. Maybe it's a word like perseverance. Maybe it's a word like courage. Maybe it's a word like presence. Maybe it's a word like power. Whatever the God gives you for this year, it's a word that will help to sustain you and to ground you. Maybe God wants to give you the word pause or still. But actually, throughout this year, you'll begin to understand the power of what God has in store for you this next year. I don't know about you, but if I don't seek God first, sometimes by the end of the day, you can sometimes realize, oh, maybe I haven't really involved God that much in today. And if you look back at 2023, you can actually, 2022, you can actually say, did I really involve God first in everything that I did? Did I really seek first the kingdom of God or did I seek first my kingdom, my agenda, my needs, my habits? Actually, we are called to be a people that seek first the kingdom of God. And as Jesus said, seek and you shall find. So firstly, we seek God. And if you want, there's a bunch of words that you can have a look at that might be able to encourage you or stand out to you that maybe God wants to speak speak to you through. And then secondly, I believe that when God has spoken into our lives, it is our, our, our responsibility and our duty to then search him so much. And I, you know, I was talking about this with a piece, and I was like, to seek and search, it sounds too similar. It sounds like it's basically the same thing, isn't it? Basically, seek and search is the same thing. But actually, what, I was try, what I'm trying to say is actually we seek first God, and then once we've, we've received something from God, we search his word for revelation and for understanding. Does that make sense? So we seek first God and then we search his word to understand more and to receive motivation. It says in 2 Timothy, all scripture is God-breathed and it is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped 
for every good work. Wow. I don't know about you, but I know people that say, oh, the Bible is irrelevant. Ah, there's people that say, you know, the Bible was written so many years ago. How can we know that it's trustworthy? I believe the Bible when it says all scripture. It doesn't say some scripture. It doesn't say parts of scripture. It says all scripture is God breathed. It is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness. Don't we need this in our lives? We need the word of God to train us and to make us more like Christ. We need the word of God to make us servants ready and equipped for every good work that is set before us. And so when we receive maybe a word, and I was talking to Calvin. Give us a wake, Calvin. Calvin is my friend from Burundi. He was my best man in Burundi for our Burundi wedding. And I was talking to him about my sermon, and he said, that's, that's really interesting because I believe God's given me a word this year. And it was, what was it? Rediscover. And he, he then uh, unveiled what the, what was the Bible passage you said? Um, Yeah, um, all the, the abundant, I can't remember the passage you, you read off to me. But basically, he, he, he felt that God, as he was strolling through, um, uh, where was it? Cambridge. When he was strolling through Cambridge, he felt God say to him, he needs to rediscover who he is. Who he is and who God is in his life. And that is a personal word for him, and he, he said it was okay for me to share it. And I wonder this morning, as he discovered that, it's now his duty to now delve into the word of God and say, God, what are you speaking to me through this word? What word, what, what is your word saying to me about rediscovering who you are? How can your scripture reveal to me more of who you are today? As we begin to unpick the promises that God has before us, we allow the word to transform us, to change us. It says in uh, Matthew 4, 4, Jesus answered, It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And I love Psalm 119, verse 130. It says, the unfolding of your words give light. The unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the symbol. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty simple. I'm a pretty simple guy, and so I love... The fact that actually, no matter how simple I am, no how basic I might be, no how simple my understanding might be, that actually the unfolding of the Word of God, the unfolding of going into Scripture, using a concordance, using a, a Bible app, whatever it might be, as we focus on the Word of God, as we search the richness of God, it gives light and it gives understanding to simple people like me. Maybe more intelligent people like you. But it gives simple thing, people like me, a bit more understanding and a bit more hope. Because the more we seek God, the more we hear him. The more we search his word, the more we understand him. The more we understand him, the more we are shaped and transformed into the very image of his likeness. When times are good, when times are hard. Let us search first. Let us seek first the kingdom of God. Let's seek God and then let's search his word. Why? Because Romans 15 verse 4 says, For everything that is written in the past was written to teach us. Everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement, they provide 
we might have hope. Let me read that again, sorry. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. This year we might have hope because God is going to reveal himself through his word. So we seek first, we search, and then we share. And I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. We're going to spend some time together in response. But as we've heard maybe a word from God, and you might not have heard that word right now. Maybe you need to go away and spend some time and actually say, God, what are you speaking to me through your word? What are you speaking to me as I walk the dog? What are you speaking to me as I do my daily devotions? What are you speaking to me as I pray? What are, what are you speaking to me as I spend time listening to you? What is, my, what is the word you have in store for me this year? When we've, when we've heard it, when we've searched it, it is our responsibility to share it so that we may motivate one another in acts of love and good works. Why? Because as 1 Corinthians 12 verse 27 says, Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. As we seek God... As we receive and we search his word and we receive what he's saying to us, it is our responsibility to share it so that we may encourage one another. I was greatly encouraged when Calvin told me what his word was. And actually, in a few months' time, I can say to to Calvin, how are you doing rediscovering who you are? I can keep him accountable and I can walk along with him in his journey of saying, what is God still speaking to you in your situation right now? How is God transforming your year in 2023. Why do we need to share it? Because people need to hear it. It keeps us accountable. It involves others. We can involve our spouses, our kids, our families, and it keeps us focused. Whatever God wants to speak into your life today, I believe that there is something for each and every one of us that is unique to us because God knows all of our needs. God knows all of our challenges. And Kelvin's word is not going to be my word. I believe that there is a special revelation that Jesus has for each and every one of us for 2023. So by the end of 2023, we don't say, oh, it's just another year. Thank goodness it's over. But actually, we can look back and say, Kelvin can look back and say, I have rediscovered that I'm a child of God. I've rediscovered my relationship with Jesus. I've rediscovered what it means to be in in love with him. Whatever that might be, whatever that revelation is for him, he can look back and see how God has brought him through his faithfulness. And I want to end on this one story of a man named Arthur Stace. And this man is a man who, for 35 years, the people in Australia woke up, Sydney, Australia, woke up every morning to the same word being written on the streets and the walls of Sydney, Australia. On every sidewalk, streets, train stations, everything, this one word was written in chalk and it was washed away the next day by the rain. But every morning and every day, this man wrote this word and it's estimated that he wrote this word one and a half million times across the, Sydney, uh, the city of Sydney. 
It first appeared in 1932, and he was, uh, he was actually a janitor for, for a church, Baptist church, but he wasn't always a Christian man. He'd, he'd come, and he was brought up in an alcoholic family. He, he was, his schooling was practically non-existent. He was very uneducated. By the age of 12, he was a child of the state, and he could barely even write his own name. He stole bread and milk, and he went into garbage in order to survive on a daily basis. He was a small man, and so he became the lookout for legal activity, illegal activities. He was a scout for his sister's brothel, and he was jailed numerous times. His life was actually not going very far and not going very well. Until one day, he, he heard a sermon, and he heard a, he heard a word of God spoken into his life. And he heard a couple of people preach, and it transformed him. And that sermon was by Reverend Riley. And he said in his sermon, he said, what a remarkable, uplifting, glorious word. And that word spoke to Arthur Stace for the rest of his life. And from that day on, he believed that God called him to write in beautiful handwriting that word for all to see. Because it meant so much to him and he wanted it to mean so much to others. And so every morning, he woke up early, he had a cup of tea, he put on his hat, he put on his jacket, and he went about writing this beautiful word around the city for all to see. It got to the point where even an opera has been made about him. He's had a movie created about his story. And at the, 20, the 2000 um, the millennium celebrations, the year 2000, the word was posted on the bridge of the Great Harbor. And his word ripples on forever. He wrote eternity into every single place and space that he could see. God had given him a word, and it was eternity. And as a result, his legacy lives on because there are statues that still have the word eternity engraved on them because they wanted to commemorate a man who loved God first, who searched his word. He was uneducated. He didn't have, couldn't even write his own name, but he could write the word eternity because he wanted each and every one of us to think about how God can change our lives for eternity. I wonder today, I wonder this year, what is the word that God wants to speak into your life? What is the word that God wants to help you this year to change? That maybe one day, just like Arthur Stace, you might not go write it around buckskin, but actually one day you'll write it tomorrow, the next day, and every day this year, and by the end of the year, you'll see that God has done a great work because he has given you a promise and he is faithful to fulfill it. Why don't we worship God together? We're going to do something right now and I believe that the beginning of a year is very important. I believe it's a mark of something new and I believe that actually we are wanting to make a, a line in the sand and say, God, from today, I want you to speak into my life. I want you to transform me and make me more like you. And so our elders are going to come forward and we're going to be here with anointing oil and we want to pray over you that actually 2023 will be a year where God speaks directly into your circumstances and your situations. When life is good, 
you can celebrate all that God is doing. When life is hard, you can hold on to that God is able to sustain you every single day in every single moment. So that each and every one of us may be like Arthur Stace, who's actually made a rippling effect, I believe, in eternity. Because he held on to his one word and he shared it with so many. Why don't we stand up together as our elders come forward. We're going to spend some time in worship. If you want to have some prayer, we want to pray over you. We want to prophesy over you. We want to share what we believe maybe God is saying to you. We want you to, you might not receive something today. You don't need to be discouraged. God wants to speak to every one of us. But if you want prayer today, if you want to be, say, I want to, I want to be prayed for today. I want to say today is the beginning of a new year. Then come forward and we'll pray for you this morning.